Aha, it worked. Wow, great. Yeah, anyway, I am a jungle boy from, from Venezuela, and I even have somebody made me a, a shirt that actually said that. You can uh, take the boy out of the jungle, but you can't take the, the jungle out of the man. Yep, that's me. I'm still, my wife has to con keep, keep tabs on me of, you know, you can't do that here. You can do that in the jungle, but you can't do that here. So um, this is a step up for me to use my computer this morning. Maybe eventually I'll have even be able to do the PowerPoint. We'll see, but this morning that's not going to happen. Um, but anyway, you know, Jay, I am here this morning because Jay and Brian are traveling. Um, and we can continue to pray for them. I think um, Jay's or Brian is traveling back from Florida, and Jay is abroad. I think over in a, at a church in, in Arabia. And boy, he's been traveling abroad, and I know that um, he has had to get COVID tests, and several of them. You know, every time he goes over there, you, man, he's not going to have a nose left. I don't think by the time he keeps traveling. You know, we need him to stay. Anyway, nope. We're glad he is able to do that for us and and go over there and and speak um, to these different places. I mean, he was elated. I know to get back to the Philippines. Um, so we're excited for that. You know, he gave us an update last week about, you know, what was going on over there, and so hopefully when he gets back, he'll be able to give us an update of, you know, some place that we haven't even been, so um, that would be great. So anyway, continue to pray for, for him, that he stays healthy so he can continue to do that. So this morning, um, I'm going to go all the way back and um, talk about when I was in the um, New Tribes Bible School. We used to listen to some great Christian um, artists, and I, I love these hymns. I, lo I go back, and I just love listening to these hymns. They seem to have a lot of good words. But anyway, we, there we were only allowed to listen to you know anything that didn't have a a beat. You know, if it had a beat, we weren't allowed to listen. weren't allowed to listen to it. But anyway, there were still some good Christian artists had a lot of good, um, great lyrics, and some of them were. One of them was. Um, Steve Green, I don't know if you heard of him. Keith Green, if you've you've heard of them, um, maybe um, AVB or Acapella Vocal Band. We talked about them. Um, Dom Francisco, in fact, Brian and and um, Jay and I were talking about Dom Francisco this um, last last week, and he he's uh, one that actually takes Bible stories and actually sings songs to them. It's all great. I love love him. Anyway, um, there was also a group for, um, from the. This I know this dates me, but I'm not as old as Jay anyway. Um, but from the late 70s and early 80s, um, that was called Harvest. Um, and one of their songs, you know, came to my mind the other day. And as I, I mean, I just, it's for some reason, you know, some of these, you know, when you get a song that comes into your head, it'll be there for a day and then it's gone. Well, for some reason, this just kept coming to my, for a whole week, I just kept thinking of this song and I just kept singing through it. And so I, I knew that I was happened to, you know, get up here and speak. So I said, well, okay, well, this is, must be the subject that I'm supposed to speak on. God is bringing this, bringing this to mind. But as you know, as I um, went through and I started thinking, singing through the, the chorus, um, and it, it goes like this. It says, are you walking into the enemy's camp, laying our weapons down, shedding our armor as we go, leaving it on the ground? We've got to be strong in the power of his might and prove to the enemy that we are the army of the Lord, and we've won the victory. You know, it makes me think of, you know, a guy come up to a fight. We're in, we're in a battle, right? He comes up, and he takes his shirt and pops it open, and all the buttons go flying, right? You're shedding your armor as you go, and you're throwing it on the ground, and drop, drop whatever's in your hands, and you say, I'm ready. Come on, I'll show you what, who's boss here, right? 
Anyway, I don't think that's what it was talking about. Because um, as I listen to the song now, I realize that, yeah, that's not at all what it was talking about. But let me, let's go through some of these things. That the day you came to Christ, four things happened. You know, because it talks about us being, being the army, arm, we are the army of the Lord, right? So the day you came to Christ, four things happened. Number one, you were brought into a new relationship with God, and your condemnation was removed. Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Number two, you were made a new creation as God's Holy Spirit invaded your life and made your representative to God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Number three, you became part of a community. Became a child of God means that you became part of his family, a, a part of the body of Christ. And here's the, the kicker. Number four, the day you were saved, he provoked the attention of an enemy whose set purpose is to oppose and destroy the work of God. Um, there's a book I read a while back, and it's, it was called, and the word came with, with power. And it was written um, by a lady who um, actually was a missionary in the Philippines. And one of the things she talked about in there is about the, the spiritual warfare that is um, there, about not only is, you know, there's Satan, but there's also, you know, demonic things that, that happen. And you see it more prevalent um, if you talk to Jay over um, in other countries where, where it comes out, we're trying to share, share the gospel. And the one thing that she talked about is this, is that there was a little boy who had gotten pneumonia, and a lot of, you know, sickness is going on over there, but she talks about this one little boy had gotten pneumonia, and um, she was trying to get this, um, get him well. She would pray over him, she was giving him medication, and he just kept getting worse. And you got to understand, you know, over there, they, they worship the spirits. They worship the, because that is where they, the, they were controlled by the spirits. Uh, your spirits, I'm talking about, you know, demonic, you know, stuff that's going on over there. And what was happening is they would go to the shaman, and the shaman would tell them from the spirits, you know, that, that we, were, we, know, we need to actually sacrifice um, two, two pigs and, and, and two chickens, and then, you know, this will happen. That's, we got to appease the spirits, and then the stuff will go away. And she's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. You know, I'll get through this, um, and the, the boy will be. And she's like going and praying and saying, "What in the world, God? What is going on? Why can't I, you know, heal this this um, child?" And eventually, what happened is is the the parents, you know, gave up on this missionary, and she and they went ahead and went and um, and you and sacrificed two pigs and a chicken. And guess what? The child was healed immediately. And you talk about, you know, this stuff is, is real, you know, over there. This, the, these things that, that, that we, they fight against. And, and you think of, you know, even what Jay taught through, you know, with the people he called headhunters over there. He didn't just call them that. They were headhunters. Don't, don't get me wrong here. <laughs> um, they live in fear of having to appease, you know, these, these spirits. And, and the, you know, Satan is, Satan is real. And so, you know, even this, this song that we're talking about, you know, is, is talking about, you know, the, that, about the, this enemy that we're up against, um, that once we become saved as, as Christians, um, number one, we, we fight against that. But, you know, even trying to um, do the work that God has asked us to do, um, we fight against, you know, Satan, who does not want any of that to happen. Because w when Satan, when he, um, number one, when he was thrown out of heaven, for what reason? Because he said, I, he 
was focused on himself. He said, I am going to rise above everything, and God threw him down. Well, he is still trying to take over. I mean, he definitely doesn't, I know he doesn't realize that he's already lost, and we've already won, like the song says, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2, Paul says this, used to live, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil and Satan, the commanders of the, of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So when you became a Christian, a child of God, your old master became your enemy. Okay? Now that you have come to, to Christ, now that you have come into Christ's kingdom as believers, um, you, have, you have to understand that you have an enemy that has an immediate interest in rendering you um, unproductive and ineffective. Um, yesterday, here I'm, I'm trying to prepare for this, uh, this sermon, and um, you know, the, here in the, in the U.S., Satan doesn't necessarily work with, um, you know, getting, making us scared with spirits and stuff. Maybe because he watched these movies, you know, and um, the, the Walking Dead and stuff. I don't think it probably wouldn't even necessary. Maybe that wouldn't have an effect on us <laughs> here like it does over there. But you know what? He has different tactics. Because if we're, as we get into, you know, the, what I'm going to talk about in Ephesians 6, um, verses 10 through 18, is that their schemes there are strategies that Satan has to, um, to get us focused off of Christ and get us in our relationship with him and get us focused on other things. And let me tell you, this, you know, getting, trying to get discouraged, I was trying to spend time studying yesterday, and I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'm going to go. I had a job to do. I was going to go mow this lawn, come back, and I'd get plenty of time to study. So I went and I mowed the lawn. I came back, and I, was, I had a bunch of that pollen all over my um, all over my car, and I took the hose, and I went to wash it down, and my windshield just went cracked right down the middle. I'm like, oh, my goodness. What in the world more can go wrong? Okay, God, yep, I'm in a battle. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'll have time. Don't worry about it. But in the process, I was actually even not even focusing on necessarily that, but it was more focusing on myself. And it's, you know, all these things that we battle against of, of saying, no, I got to have time. Sarah, hurry up, hurry up, telling my wife to hurry up. You know, again, these strategies that he has to get us focused off of what we're supposed to be focusing on and the, how we're supposed to, you know, treat each other and, and re- our response to each other and trying not to, you know, to be discouraged. You know, the b- biggest thing Satan uses, you know, is, you know, time is one of the biggest things. And I know Chad spoke about that a little while ago. He uses, you know, money. He uses, you know, fame. He uses different things, um, to get us discouraged, to get us out, off of our focus on what we're supposed to be doing. And that's how he uses the same things, you know, um, even um, talking about, you know, fear. You say, well, no, I'm not afraid. What you, when's the last time you actually shared the gospel with the person, you know, in the front of you? Oh, well, I don't, I can't do that because I'm afraid they'll look at me in a different fear, right? So we do have that little bit of fear, but, you know, he uses these schemes in the di- different ways. So, my question for us today, so my, the question I have for you this morning is, are you walking into the enemy's camp, laying your weapons down, shedding your armor, which is, this is the song I'm quoting again, shedding your armor as you go, leaving it on the ground, or are you doing what God commands us to do in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18? He says, 
that we aren't to shed our armor off. We are to put on all of God's armor that he has provided for us, is what he, that he says. So in, let's, I'm going to recap just a little bit of what Ephesians is talking about before this. So in Ephesians chapter 1, and if you remember, we did, we did go through the book of Ephesians. And if you remember, you know, Jay doing the study on Ephesians, so maybe you remember a little bit of this. But in chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians, if you remember when we went through the book, Paul is saying this. You who are in Christ, you are a brand new creature. You have been redeemed. You have been sealed with the Spirit. You have an inheritance that God has made this brand new thing called the church of Jews and Gentiles. We are part of that right here. Chapter 4, he says, in light of all that God has done, in light of all that God has done for you, I want you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Live in a way where your belief, if you believe at what Jesus Christ has done um, on the cross for you, um, paid for your sins, um, he rose from the dead, giving you eternal life. So live in a way that your belief and your behavior tell the same story. Okay, remember Jay talking about, I think you remember Jay talking about that. He talks about that a, a lot. Then he talks about the, the role of the church, and then he, and in chapter 5, he talks, talks about these couple things here. He says, walking in purity, walking in, in the light, being filled with the Holy Spirit, what that looks like in your marriage, what that looks like with your children, and what that looks like um, at, your, at your job. How, how are we supposed to do that? And then in chapter 6, he, he comes up and he says, oh, yes, and one last thing you're in a battle when you're trying to do all these things, trying to raise your kids, trying to be the, the husband that you're supposed to be that God asked you to do, trying to be the, the wife that you're are supposed to be to your, to your husband. You're in a battle. Because remember we started at the very beginning that once you received Christ, now you have an enemy. And that is, is Satan. And he is going to try his best to make it either difficult and to get us so that we are not doing what God has, has called us to do. So, he says, um, number one, he says, be strong in the Lord and in, in his mighty power. And then he, ha- he says, um, and you, you might want to put this on, you know, and he hands up the armor, right? That's what he says. No, he says, put it on. It's a command that he has given us. He says, you're going to need this. He's not say, say you might want it. He says, if you're going to go up against this enemy, you're going to need this armor. And, I mean, imagine if Jason or Sean or Brian or anybody, any football player, um, went out on the football field and had went out on the football field with uh, maybe a suit and tie on. Or not even shoot suit and tie. Maybe they had uh, Bermuda shorts and flip flops on, and they're going up against this, you know, the team. Um, I guarantee, if you ask them, that that wouldn't have been very fun playing, you know, because the other all the other teammates, you know, that they're playing against had helmets, they had pads on, they had their shoes on, and, and stuff. So you know, they need to come fully equipped. Or say they maybe they had other, all the the other stuff on that they needed and didn't have the helmet on they still wouldn't be fully prepared, right? So that's why God says, put on um, all of God, God's armor. Because, you know, as, as football players, they need to be fully equipped in order to withstand, which they, they will withstand some of the hits that they will receive when they are on the field. Right, Sean? Amen. That's great. Anyway, Paul is telling us that God has given us an armor that is impenetrable, you know, we talked about, okay, is there kinks in the armor? You know, sometimes I think, I don't think there's necessarily, you know, I know Satan has his schemes, 
and stuff. And, but I think the times when Satan gets us the most is when um, I think of, of David, um, and we, we talked about that when, we, when I taught Second Samuel, where David took his armor off. He decided, you know, it says when all the kings were at, were at war, um, David decided, and it was a time where, where kings go to war, David decided to stay home and he took his armor off. And what happened? That's when he fell into sin with, with Bathsheba. I mean, and all that stuff. And then for the rest of his life, you know, there was consequences because of that. You know, so you think of the fact of, of keeping our armor on because of the battle, you know, that, that we are in each and every day. So Paul is telling us that God has given us an armor that is impenetrable, and we need to put it all on so that we can stand up against Satan and his followers because our battle, the church and believers, I'm not talking about the battle that we have or the war that we have um, for the state, um, that I'm very thankful, you know, for the veterans and stuff and the people that fight for our freedom. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us as a church. This is our battle as a church, as, as a believer. He says our battle is not against flesh and blood. You know, we're, our battle isn't against, you know, other people. And, you know, there are several reasons why we know that to be true. Number one, well, it says it right there, that, I mean, plain, plain as day, it says our battle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and the powers of the unseen world. So he says it plain as day right there. Um, second, he says in Luke 6, 27 and 28, he says this, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. So these people that that are your enemies, you know, physically like that, we're, what are we supposed to do? And I think Brian talked about that um, a couple weeks ago, how we are supposed to pray for these people. Um, think of even praying for, for Joe Biden. He's like, are you kidding me? Why should we pray? Well, why? Because we need to pray that he would accept Christ. And remember Brian talking about that? Pray that these people would accept, accept Christ. So that those aren't our, they are not, not our enemies. What are we, we're supposed to treat them with, with, with love and and patience and understanding, you know, that, and, and to, to pray for them, that they would um, rule our country in the way that, that God would see fit and pray for their salvation, right? That is our responsibility. They, not, they are not our enemies. People are not our enemies. And, and Romans twelve eighteen says, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. So to, we are to live at peace not at war with, you know, individuals. We are supposed to, um, if you read through Colossians, or even if you want to come, and I'm going to use this as a ploy to come to our Sunday school class, <laughs> we're going through the book of Colossians. And um, Col- the book of Colossians, Ephesians and Colossians were written about the, the, about the same time. Ephesians was written to the church. Colossians was focused primarily on Christ and our relationship with him. Um, and I'm going to use some of those verses here. But um, anyway, so we are to live at, at peace. So our battle is not against people. It is against Satan who has us right where he wants us if we are unproductive and ineffective for the sake of the gospel. So if we're not doing and we're unproductive, we're not doing what God has asked us to do, and we're not in his word getting to know him more so that, and we talked about that even this morning in the Sunday school class of, of being in God's word enough is, is like 
like having a faucet, and I've shared this from the pulpit before, of turning a faucet on and, and filling a glass, but there's a pyramid of glasses, and you have them stacked up in there. When the faucet's on and that top glass is you, and it's filled up, what happens? It overflows, and it fills the next glasses below that, and it fills the next glasses below that, and that's our responsibility. What happens when you turn that faucet off and you don't spend the time in God's Word? All of that stops. And you don't continue to overflow and, and be. But you have to have that faucet continue to be turned on. Have to have that, that inf- influence of, from, from God's word. Um, so let's look here at what um, God is saying, or Paul is, has written to us, and in, in th- God is saying through Paul in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. So the final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor, so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. See, she says it right here. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So just a quick overview, the belt of truth it talks about, this deception. Um, breastplate of, of righteousness you know, um, covers up your heart and, so you, and talks about condemnation. Shoes and helmet, doubts and instability. So when Paul compares you know, the armor of God with military gear, each piece represents a part of God's strength um, that he extends to us when we are his children. First and foremost, he says this, there is a general command to be strong, in the power um, that God has given us, right? You say, well, well, how do I do that? And then Paul's like, well, I'm glad you said that. We put on the armor of God. That's how you be strong, <laughs> be strong in, in, in the power that God has given you. Put on the armor of God to protect us um, and so that we will be able to stand, it says, against the schemes and strategies um, that we have talked about that Satan uses to get us away from doing what God has asked us to do. From the very beginning, you know, if we remember, Satan has twisted the truth to make it sound more appealing to our flesh. At the very beginning, if you remember, um, when Satan was thrown, cast out of heaven, down to earth, the very beginning, um, his first things, you know, involvement with humans was with Adam and Eve. And they were there in, in the garden, and for whatever reason, they were there by the tree of knowledge and, and good and evil. And one of the things he said, he says, did God really say... You must not eat from any tree in the garden. Well, you're not really going to die, right? You will be like God, knowing good and evil. So a couple things, you know, he's doing. I mean, the schemes that he uses, number one, he, he's twisting, you know, what God said. Because, you know, first of all, when, when, he's, when he told Eve that, did God really, really say you must not eat of any tree? She's like, well, well we, no, we're, we can eat of those trees. We just can't eat of this tree. In fact, we're not even supposed to touch it. You know, right away, it's like, you know, God said, don't eat from the tree. And here she's trying to cover up. And I mean, it's just the deceit that Satan tries to get in and, and make us um, even, you know, question, you know, what God even has told us. 
It's just, you know, he's, and then, well, you will not, you know, re, you're not really going to die. Well, that's a lie, you know, because they were separation from God, and they were, they died, they were starting to die. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, that's true, you know, but he's trying to twist it, knowing the fact that because as soon as they did, they did know good from evil. That's when they, their eyes were open, and it says that they knew the good from evil. Um, so anyway, he uses God's word, and even um, in when he, coming back to the New Testament, when when um, he, Jesus was in the wilderness, he had been in the wilderness for four days, and, and Satan coming in to to visit him, and he Satan would use scripture, and what was and the thing of it is, what was um, Jesus's response was the fact that is that he actually responded back to him with. Well, it is written. It is written. So we have to know our scripture in order to fight against these these things that um, that Satan uses, you know, toward us. So Satan wants to de- deceive us so that we come to the place where we actually think that we are honoring God when we are doing everything but honoring God. I mean, we can go to to Bible studies. I mean, we can be involved in church, and then we go home and we argue with our spouses. We yell at our kids and. What good is the Bible study doing for us if, you know, it's not helping us, you know, learn to actually um, um, love our wives as God has, has asked us to do and um, not um, provoke our children to anger, you know, like, again, that was what God has asked us to do. So, you know, you're, again, like what it says here in Ephesians chapter 4, that what you believe in your lifestyle should tell the same story, Right. And so our lifestyle, not only here at church, and we're involved in church and, and going to Bible studies, well, that should be the same thing that's happening in our, in our lives at work and, and in our homes. Um, but somehow Satan tries to, to twist that and make us think that, oh, well, I'm still good in God's eyes because I'm going to a Bible study. I'm not saying that Bible studies and, and you know, being involved in church is not as bad. I'm just, that is good. I'm just saying that it has to all work together um, in in the fact of your lifestyle should consistently, you know, show that you are representative of, of Christ. So, um, in the, in, with the armor, I'm going to go through, you know, just a couple of things that w- with the armor. I'm not going to go through each individual piece here um, because I'm, I want to, you know, really focus on, you know, the fact that what God has given us and that, that we have the armor um, and each thing that we need um, to fight against what, you know, Satan. And, you know, don't forget, we also have our flesh, but, you know, Satan knows how to use our flesh, you know, against us, and because he has been around for, well, since the very beginning, and so he's like the greatest psychologist there there ever was, and he understands how people think, and um, which the good thing is he can't read our minds. He's not, he's not everywhere, and he's not perfect like, like God is. Um, but first, anyway, let's go in. So what the belt did, you know, is this, this picture that we have of the armor is, is, is from a, a Roman soldier standpoint, okay? So the Roman soldier had, this, had this, um, this belt, and it talks about the belt of truth, right? Well, that belt actually, you know, did a, it's a couple things. It held the whole armor together. If they would actually loosen it up, you know, the breastplate that they had would actually, you know, get loose, and it wouldn't, you know, be, and it also, you know, held up the sword as well. So it held all things, the things together. So this, you know, when he talks about the belt, belt of, of truth, um, it, it, truth is what holds everything together. And the other thing that it did, it helped them, you know, and, and it's interesting because it's, it's in some translation, it says that you are to gird up your loins, um, which, 
we don't talk that way anymore. But what it meant, you know, and we don't wear dresses. You know, us guys don't here. I hope not anyway. Um, but what, it, what they did is this, the Roman soldier had a, you know, long skirt that they would have because it would get cold out where they were. And so they, as when they were not in battle, they would, they would drop this, this, this skirt down and not be ready. They'd uh, um, loosen up the belt. And so when their commanding officer would come, he'd, he'd come in and say, okay, gird up your loins, which means that they needed to take, up, take that dress, pull it up, and t- they would tuck it into their belt and cinch everything up, and they would be ready for battle. That's what that's talking about. Well, Jesus, it says, here's what my picture of that is. It says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the belt of truth. It is, Jesus holds every, everything is, Jesus, Christ holds everything together. We wouldn't have what we, we have as Christians if it wasn't for what Christ did, right? So my picture of that is, you know, get ready, allow, you know, spend that time and allow Jesus and cinch it up, spend that time with Christ because Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life. It says, no man cometh unto the Father but through him. So the truth, the, the belt of truth that holds everything together gets us ready. Jesus is what get, got us ready for battle. He even, he's the one that actually is, is given us everything that the armor stands for. The truth, righteousness, our salvation, um, and even the the sandals that are that prepare us for 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 being able to stand firm and and sharing the, sharing the gospel. Um, wow, I don't have enough time here. Anyway, so moving on. So Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." You see, Satan wants to knock you down and remove you from stand, a standing position in which you may be effective for the sake of Jesus. That is why Paul says, "Stand firm and put on God's armor, so that when the battle is over, you will be still standing." Now, we need to understand we are fighting this battle from a position of the war already being won. You know, this isn't a battle that um, we're trying to st- can still win. Because why is it, and you say, well, why, how is that? How is it already won when we're still fighting a battle? Let me explain. It says, now, if any of you, um, number one, if you've been in, been in war and you understand, uh, maybe back in World War II or whatever, um, and the treaty was signed, you know, the war is over, yep, we, we give up, or whatever that is, treaty signed. Well, that doesn't mean that um, whoever is out in the field fighting is just going to stop immediately and say, oh, hey, you know, stop, shake the person's hand next to them that they're fighting against, right? And say, oh, the war is over, this treaty's been signed, you know, let's just shake hands. I guarantee you, probably if you did that with the enemy that you're out there fighting, he'd just, he just shoot you, you know, like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know. We're, there's still a battle going on. Lives are going to be, you know, people are going to be injured. Lives are going to be um, lost that way. And it is the same way in our position, with our position in Christ. Satan was defeated at the cross. Sin's penalty was paid for. Sin's power was broken. Yet Satan and his host of fallen angels still engage in this warfare to discourage, to deceive, to divide and destroy God's people and God's program. The war is won. Satan is defeated. He is going to go down in the very end. But in the process, he's going to try to take everybody that he can with him. Um, so God has you know, God given us a job to do, just like he gave Adam and Eve a job in the garden to take care of the garden. God has given us a job to do, to go into all the world and make Christ-committed followers of all nations. And when we receive Christ, we are given this armor to guard our hearts and our minds and equip us with everything we need to be able to stand against the devil and advance forward with the gospel. 
When he says, take the shield of faith, it reminds me of, um, I don't know, I like watching like old movies, but it's not, when he t- says, take the shield of faith, it's not talking about the shield, you know, these little tiny shields. It's talking about this full shield that we have that's going to cover almost our whole body. Again, showing, again, the, um, part of the armor that, that the Roman soldiers had, and they had these shields, and when they would they would come up against, you know, these, this city and all these arrows, are, you know, are flying at them. It talks about being able to extinguish the, the darts or the flaming arrows that, that Satan comes out of. These, these shields that we have are actually shields that, that we're able to lock together um, and actually give you a complete cover so that none of these arrows would, would harm anybody in the inside of that. And so these arrows are coming at you, these, these, your soldiers, um, you, we are going to lock our shield, we take each other's faith, and we, we build on each, each, each other's faith that we, that we have, and these arrows come in, and, and the, the shield was built in such a way that it ha- had a gap there, so that when the arrows hit it, it would immediately extinguish the, the arrow, and that pretty clever. But anyway, it's, it's amazing while God, you know, talks about these things. Put up that shield, hold up that shield of faith, not only you yourself, but do it, and he's talking to the church here. Do it together as a church so you can um, continue to push forward with the gospel. And it says, you know, and I think of, you know, what he said to Peter, because um, we, our job is to share the gospel, continue to advance forward. And there's other songs that talk about this as a kid that I listened to that, you know, advance forward, you know, for Christ. And anyway, but as we push forward for, for the God, you know, in sharing the gospel um, and pushing against Satan, because we are to push him right down back to where he belongs, into the gates of hell. And what did, what did Jesus say to Peter? He says, upon this church, upon this rock I have built my church, in the gates of hell, it says, will not prevail against it. And that is our job. But we got to have this armor in order to be able to do that. We got to have hold up those shields and connect with each other and encourage each other in, in in the faith that we have in order to fight against Satan. Who, I mean, you think of the things that are that are going on here um, in the in the U.S. I mean, even you you hear of um, you hear of divorce. You hear of suicides going on. It, you don't think the Satan's at work. I mean, there is even on, if you watch TV, there's, there's even um, um, commercials that say, let, I'm going to help, let, we can help you actually make your divorce easier. It says God hates divorce. We did, and you think of all these things that, that Satan is trying to do to, to divide each of us, even, even within the church. And we need to have this armor so that this doesn't happen, you know, to, to us. Um, so we hold up our shields, lock them together and continue forward, um, walking in obedience to God's word. So how do I put this armor on? Well, Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says this, and it's, you know, I've already shared a little bit of this, and it says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. You accepted Christ. By grace you saved through faith. Um, Not of ourselves, not any of the works that we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, right? So just believing on, on what Christ has done. So he says, you know, as you, as you receive Christ as your Lord, so just continue to walk in him. I'm starting to quote King James again because that's how I learned it. Let you, and then it's verse 7. It says, let your roots go down and dim and let your lives be built on him. It's talking about Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your lives be built on Jesus. Focus, it says, um, 
Psalms 119 verse verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Learning to wield that sword um, with by memorizing you know scripture. And let me tell you this is that this armor that we have um, is in a sense if you want to say one size fits all. If you're teaching your children to learn how to you you know put on God, God's armor as they accept Christ teaching them that, you know, there is an enemy enemy out there that, you know, because they are going to be our future church and teaching them to fight against the, these things that are, that are out um, that the enemy uses against us. Again, you know, coming up and, and the things that he uses, like, like time, um, fame, um, I don't know that you can list all these different things that he uses, you know, divorce, that it's okay to, you know, to, to, to get a divorce, it's okay to do this, it's okay to do that. And it's not. So teaching our kids and learning how, you know, that, that they can put on, you know, God's armor that God has given them when they accepted Christ, they have this armor that God has, that God has provided for us as well. So I'm going to end with a, with a story here. And I know that, you know, Jay usually talks, uses a um, story to, to initiate. And I'm just going to tell a story just because I, it gives me a picture of the fact that, you know, when we say we are part of God's army, we have this armor. And the story is, um, is of Elisha and the Arame- Arameans from, and it's taken from 2 Kings um, chapter 6, verses 8 through 17. And so the king of um, Aramean, he, he was in, in war, war against Israel. And he would um, tell his troops to go out, and he says, I want you to, you know, place some troops right here, because I know that, that Israel's going to be coming through here. So as soon as he would tell them that, well, Elisha would go to the king of Israel and say, um, hey, don't go this way, um, because there's going to be, you know, troops, you know, set up right there. And he kept doing this, you know, and so um, the king of um, Aramea called in his officers, and he's like, who in the world, how, who is our, who is the, the, the mole that's, you know, you know, telling all, you know, Israel where we're going and stuff. He says, was it one of you guys? Because if it is, you know, I'm going to kill you. You know, something's going to happen to you guys. He's, they're like, no, 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 it's not us. It's this guy, Elisha, over in Israel that he is telling the king over there, even things that you're saying in your own bedroom, he says. And he's like, well, go and get this, this guy, find out where he is, and go get him and, and bring him back to me. So they went and found out where he was, and um, they came back to the king and said, this is where Elisha is. And so he sent a huge army, which is funny that he sent such a huge army to go get one person. But he obviously knew maybe what kind of guy this was, but he sent this huge army to go get, get Elisha, and they went at night and so in the morning, Elisha had gotten up and gone out, and he's just standing there in front of the army. And his servant comes out and just was petrified seeing these, this whole army. He says, what are we going to do? Look at all this, you know, this army that's coming to get us. And Elisha's response was, oh, don't worry about that, you know, that, because the ones that are for us are more than we, there, there are out there. And Servant's like, I'm sure, the servant's thinking, I'm not sure you know how to count because there's not very many people here, and uh, look at all those guys out there. And so Elijah prays, says, Lord, open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, 
he could see surrounding all of Elisha, and as wherever he looked was chariots of fire that were God's army protecting him. And Elisha could see that, and he was not afraid. And I say that, and I know this was a, this was a battle against you know, an army, a fleshly army, but what I want to say is that we are not alone in our battle. We have God in his army, and we are part of that army that Elisha saw now because we, we have Christ and because of what Christ did on the cross for us and the armor that we have. We just have to put that on each and every day to make sure that we, can, we are able to um, fight and, and, put and push Satan back where he belongs and stand up for what we really believe so that what we believe in actually and the, the, our actions tell the same, same story. So would you stand with me and we'll finish here in prayer. Father God, we, we again thank you for what you've, you've done for us. We do um, want to thank you for the armor that you have given us, for, for making us um, righteous, to be able to come boldly uh, and stand before your, your throne and um, just allowing us to be part of your army, to be called your children. God, we thank you so much for that. Good God, as we go out um, into our workplaces this, this week, we pray that we would um, um, learn and, and get into your word and know how um, to put this armor on and put it on every day so that, God, that we, we, are, we can act as representatives of you so, so that people will, will have questions. And as Peter says, that, that we will be ready um, to um, answer the questions of the hope that is in us to anybody that asks any questions that, um, that come our way, God, and that, um, God, that we can continue to um, advance the gospel and, and bring more people um, back to, to you and encourage the ones that are, already are saved to, and to have a better walk with you, God. God, we just thank you for your love and who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I'm not going to do the ready break. Go on and get out. Go, go, go do your thing. Put on your armor as you leave.